the Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hey there, it is the Movie Zone. We be back. I'm Austin Horton here with Johnny Lightfoot. Hi, Johnny. Hey, buddy. How you doing this week? I'm doing fine, doing fine and good and well and swell and, uh, you know, just, just uh, it's good to be back to work for a full week uh, for the first time in a long time. Yes, for sure. We've missed you. That's absolutely 100% true. That's it's good not, to have you back. That's not true. No one believes you. No one believes a no, word you just said. I, I miss you. I don't care if no one else likes you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're the only opinion. Yours is the only opinion that matters to me at the station. See, but I only have to work with you one hour a week, so maybe that's why. That's not true. Oh, I know. That's, that's not true at all. We it's work actually, we work a lot together each week. Yes, that's actually really true. We do work a lot of hours between remotes and uh, the movie zone and everything else we do. We talk a lot, Austin. Do we talk too much? I don't know. Are you sick of me? No. Then uh, we don't talk too much. You could be. And you're just not telling me. I could be sick of you and I'm just not telling you. Yes. So you said. I think that's what's going on here. <laughs> no, I, I'm the type of person that uh, I'm too honest. I'm too brutal. I'm too candid. I'm too open. And that's what gets me in trouble. Well, you know, I can actually really appreciate that. Brutal honesty is what I like to stand by. And dang it. Bring it on. Okay. Well, we're going to be brutally honest with you this week. We're talking about space movies. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, we are. Now, that's your fault that we're talking about space movies. I know. I got so much flack from Scotty and Hans about uh, putting up Galaxy Quest against Spaceballs. They said that we should cancel the movie zone because of that. Well, uh, I've got a message for Hans and Scotty, and it rhymes with Schroeld. Well, you know, uh, do you want to jump that, in? That means you're old. I know, I know. Do you want to jump into the DVD showdown while we're on this subject? Sure, because it actually really bothered me. That, look, Hans and Scotty are, and look, you you play a lot younger than you are. I have to always remind myself. Uh, and I'm not any spring chicken or anything. But I'm in my mid-30s, and Hans and Scotty aren't aren't that much older than, than that. No, no, they're not. And yet somehow... Our pop culture, uh, uh, I don't know how to, how to uh, my pop culture pins on my board hardly ever have any in common with their pop culture pins. And we're only a few years apart. It doesn't make any sense to me. Case in point, they think Spaceballs is an incredibly funny, hilarious comedy. And they're right. They are right, yes. But it's not better as a whole, as a movie. Uh, it's not better than Galaxy Quest. As a movie, it's definitely not better. There, I, I think it's more memorable. I think, uh, if, if I can get kind of bold, I think there's more Star Wars fans than there are Star Trek fans, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm going to get tons of tweets for that. But I just I just think a lot of people paid closer attention to Spaceballs. However, it was an 80s movie, and Galaxy Quest was in the 1990s, almost 2000s, and Plot-wise, it's a lot better. It's just so funny. However, Spaceballs did win out in the uh, showdown poll with 57% against Galaxy Quest with 43%. However, I want to throw up an asterisk there. I want to throw up too. 
That's great because I got <laughs> tons of people. In fact, Adam Jones here on Twitter said, I'm sorry, this shouldn't be close. Galaxy Quest is amazing. I watched Spaceballs fair, fairly recently, and while I liked it as a kid, it was clearly a few notches below. Our buddy Larry Tassoni says on Twitter, well played, my friend. While this is an extremely painful decision, I have decided to vote Galaxy Quest. When in doubt, go with Alan Rickman. Oh, absolutely. That's a great uh, motto to live by. Right. May he rest peacefully. Although John Candy is pretty good, too. Yeah, he's a mog. He's his own best friend. (laughs) Our buddy Ute Shasta Trailer, talking about Scotty and Hans, he said, Oh, hard disagree disagree at Scotty Zone and at Hans, 97.5 Hans. I am a... I am... Sorry, I am huge of a Mel Brooks fan. They even t- I even took a picture under the theater marquee in New York City advertising a Mel Brooks film festival, but Galaxy Quest all the way, not even close. I agree. It's not it. It's not close. And here's the, here's why. Here's what pushes me over. And if this makes me Pollyannish, fine. But you can watch Galaxy Quest with the whole family. Sure. You cannot watch Spaceballs with the whole family. I mean, no. you could. There's no law against it. Uh, I, I would feel uncomfortable having certain members of my family in the room at certain parts of Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely some. And and there's some racial hot topics in there, too, a little bit. Mel Brooks likes to do that. He sure does. Just but, to get uh, people talking. Galaxy Quest, though, it comes in as a PG movie. Mm. Not PG-13, PG. Yep. Well, uh, it was a great poll uh, because, and as Jake Scott says, come on, polls are fun. I like polls. Sure. The, we, we tried, we aim for neck and neck battles, and you're really good at that, and I'm not so good at it because it seems like every week I put up the Movie Zone Movie Showdown over the weekends, there's a landslide victory. And yet here you come every other week with a 57 to 43% uh, nail biter. I don't. I'm. I'm just putting movies up that I like and own. So I don't know. I'm not doing anything special, Austin. I don't know what it is. It's. Uh, it, it does go to show, though, that there are more Gen X than millennials than I thought there were on Twitter, at least nice. following this poll question. Because well, I look, think Gen X is going to vote Spaceballs, and millennials are going to vote Galaxy Quest. So, but I'm a. I'm a Gen X. Yeah, I know. I know. But okay. you. You act like a, a millennial. As I mentioned Monday <laughs> on Hans and Scotty's show, I said, I am one of the biggest Star Wars fans there is. Uh, we've talked about this many times. And obviously, Spaceballs is about Star Wars, and Galaxy Quest is about Star Trek. I would choose Galaxy Quest over Spaceballs just because it's so true and so funny and a better picture overall Spaceballs is all about let's get the bottom of the line laughs <laughs> exactly yeah and that's typical Mel Brooks and honestly no I love- it's funny it's a good movie it's just not better than Galaxy Quest I'm sorry Correct. Robin Hood Men in Tights is hilarious I love it Mel Brooks film History of the World part whatever is funny Young Frankenstein Blazing Saddles all of all of the above, and yep. this movie just, I think, is just better. Well, we've got a, uh, and by the way, before we move on, uh, we do have a, a poll question of the week coming up, and Larry Tassoni, you mentioned his reply to the Movie Zone movie showdown. He also, in his email to us this week, said, Austin, I noticed I threw, threw you a curveball with my driver's ed comment in last week's show. 
Yes, I was being sarcastic about Utah's drivers. Ha ha. So we asked last week, what's a must-see movie? And he sent all the driver's ed movies because he's saying no one in Utah can drive. Well, when it snows, it's kind of questionable. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's set up the show going forward. We are going to have a space theme. Uh, our poll question, you can hop on Twitter. I'm at Austin Horton. Johnny is at Johnny Lightfoot one at Zone Sportsnet for the station. The question uh, is your favorite and least favorite space movies and why? We're going to get into that in segment two, get your answers in segment two. We also have uh, a, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new movies at the theaters this week to talk about. Yeah, that's cool. We have an actor profile. We have soundtrack of the week with a lesson in music history, and we've got a from the archives. But Johnny, before we dive into this week's movies, can we play? We had David Howard on the movie zone a couple years ago. And cool. David Howard, if you don't know who he was, or was, <laughs> who he is, he is a screenwriter, and he wrote the movie Galaxy Quest. And so while we had him in studio to talk about Trek the movie, we did ask him about the experience of writing Galaxy Quest, and I thought we'd play that back for our listeners. Since we're talking about Galaxy Quest, and we had the writer of the movie in studio with us, why don't we revisit that? David Howard, you wrote one of the funniest movies of all time. Starring Tim Allen, you had wow, you had all kinds of star power in this movie. How, what, why, when, who, how, well, where? Uh, okay, my story is is the story that everyone who moves to to LA wants to hear, wants to have happen to them. That never <laughs> that never really does happen. But I was unemployed as a writer. I was working as a secretary. I was temping. I would uh, take my my projects from office to office and and. Um, you know, diskettes. Remember when we used diskettes, and uh, and I'd work on the, the company. Are those little discs? Yeah, uh, that yeah. is the name implies. Okay. Yeah, uh, and uh, I would work on my scripts when they didn't have anything for me to do, and so I um, I I uh, got this idea for. Well, what happened was I was I was writing a play about Africa, and um, so I thought, you know, to do this play, I should really go to Africa, but I don't have any money to go to Africa, so I'll do the next best thing, which is go to an IMAX movie about Africa. I know that's pathetic, but that was my life. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. First world problems. <laughs> so I, I went down to the uh, the IMAX theater there by USC, and there was a, a trailer there for a, a film called Americans in Space that played before the movie that I'd come to see, and. And there was this like 70 gorgeous 70 millimeter shot of of the earth spinning in orbit and this voice comes on and says america's in space and i'm going <laughs> whose voice you know how you play that game you hear a commercial who is the guy that and, and i thought exactly and i kept listening and listening and finally i went oh it's leonard nemoy of course <laughs> it's americans in space who are they going to get uh, we, we and i just thought about the marketing guys going oh let's get bill shatner oh we can't afford him so who else is there uh, patrick stewart no no he's in England. Well, well, well you know let's get leonard nemoy perfect perfect and so i just really started thinking about how trapped those guys were Mm. in those roles you know I, I mean you don't you don't ever see Leonard Nimoy in this trailer but they have to get him and um, I'm sure he likes the chick but you know those guys always want to break out of those things and then so that's where I started and uh, then you know we he, he got to the convention and the alien showed up and I went oh this is a different movie this is a lot better this is a lot funnier and um in a lot of ways things just kind of happened and it just kind of wrote itself because it was such a, a fun scenario our thanks to david howard yes he wrote galaxy quest he's a utah in the in the world of hollywood and a fan and friend of the movie zone and thanks to david mm. 
Absolutely. All right, let's talk about this week's movies, Johnny. Since we've officially the yeah. the, the the zone the movie zone movie showdown officially is over, and the results aren't the correct results, and so we had to bring in the writer of the movie, and that we've put that to bed. Right, Galaxy Quest wins. In my opinion, okay. absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, first up this week at the Megaplex Theaters, I want you to tell me about this one because speaking of pop culture references and ones that just missed me, but Gen X was all over them. Mm-hmm. I've only seen a few moments of Tom and Jerry. Well, Tom and Jerry and uh, rated PG animation slash live action combo adventure comedy. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Starring Tom and Jerry. Of course. Best actors ever. Chloe Grace Moore. Is it more? Maure- Moretz. Moretz? Yep. Michael Pena and Ken John. Yep. Ken John from his very funny Hangover movies. And the and Community. Yep. And uh, the Masked Singer and Dancer. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible shows. Yeah. One of the most beloved rivalry, rivalries in history is reignited when Jerry moves. Where does he move from? He moves from or two, York City's finest New hotel. York. New York. Come on, man. It's funny. It doesn't say New York. It just says York City. I just want you to know that. In my email, it says New York. Hold on. Hold on. Moves to York City. Okay. New York City's finest hotel <laughs> on the eve of the wedding of the century. Right. Desperate planner to hire Tom to get rid of him. Look. So this is the, the animation with real people? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not very good at reading these, but I got to tell you, this this does not interest me. What? No, no. This is your movie. Tom and Jerry were great as the cartoon on Saturday mornings, but I don't want to see him in a movie. Uh, yeah, this is a hard pass if I ever had a pass. Sorry. A, yeah, I agree. But this is a great movie if you need to take the kids somewhere and you need a nap. <laughs> There's going to be a couple, there's going to be a mouse and a cat making fart noises and slapstick comedy. One of them's going to paint a tunnel on the side of a, of a mountain. The other one's going to smash into it. And Chloe, Grace Moretz, and Ken Jong will make some jokes together. Uh, and uh, who else is in this, uh, shamefully? Michael Pena? Yeah. By the way, Michael Pena, have you, have you seen the, uh, 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 oh, was it Five for the Fight commercials for the Jazz Games? He's one of the spokesmen for Five for the Fight. Yes, yes. Pretty cool. Now, this movie is, it, look, if you like Itchy and Scratchy from The Simpsons, mm. you're not going to like this. <laughs> it takes it down a notch. Itchy and Scratchy is at least funny. This wow. Uh, I I'm thought sorry. for sure this was going to be your movie. Am I being a hater too much on this? I just No, I'm you're not, just surprising me. Just surprising I'm me. Not That's all. about Tom and Jerry. I, like I said, it's going to be great for the kids. The kids are going to love it. Uh, you're going to have a great nap during it. And at the end of it, it's, it's all the same. Okay, this next movie is a documentary, which I really, really like documentaries. But before I tell you about the, the movie itself, Johnny, I don't I, – Billie Eilish. Now, you're a professional musician. Uh, I know music. I love music. And I get that she's good. I don't get all the hype around her, though. I don't. People are saying things like she's the greatest ever. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's fine. It's okay. I've never heard her music and gone, huh, game over. No one's better than her. Well, I don't know about the greatest ever. I mean, I think that's definitely subjective to the generation. Okay. But I think she is good. And the true talent behind her 
is her brother who writes all the songs. Oh, I didn't know that. But, you know, they're, they, they go together. But I think her brother is the true talent. I mean, she's great, and she's a great singer, and her songs are cool. I think she writes the lyrics. He writes the music. But um, I like a couple of her songs. I think they're great, but I would not go greatest ever. Yeah. Uh, well, it's Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry, a rated R documentary biography music, playing at select IMAX locations for one week only at Megaplex Theaters, starring, yes, of course, Billie Eilish. An intimate look at the singer-songwriter's journey, navigating life on the road, on stage, and at home while creating her debut album. Uh, I'll give this a go. I'll give this a, a, a watch because I like documentaries, and I feel like I might be missing the boat a little bit on Billie Eilish. Maybe she's a lot better than I think, so I want to know if I should be uh, giving her more respect than I do. Now, Johnny, you, how long were you with Air Supply? 28 years? About 17. <laughs> Still, 17 years. Did they ever make a documentary of you? No. Well, I mean, we did some, like, uh, DVD stuff. Like, yeah. we released a live DVD, and there'd be a little documentary stuff in it, but nothing just about the band in general. Well, that's a shame. Like, I know. I could see I, a, a VH1 behind the band with with uh, Air Supply. Honestly, I'm, I'm not even making jokes. No, you're absolutely right. The, the band is actually overlooked quite a lot. I think they deserve a Lifetime Achievement Award, which they've never received, uh, at least in America, that I know of. But, the, you know, they're, they're kind of considered an Australian band, and they definitely have the fame over there. Obviously, they have the fame here as well, but I think a documentary about them would be awesome. Yep. So, But a documentary about Billie Eilish is what we'll settle for this week. Yeah, and I, I'm going to check this out. Being the musician, as you just mentioned, and, and the, such the background in music and liking a few of her songs, it's definitely worth giving a listen to learn more about an artist. I love that type of stuff. I love learning about the artists. Let me tell you about my Zoe, if that's all right, and then you can take the one after that. Rated R drama starring Julia Delpy, Richard Armitage, Gemma Arditon, and Daniel Bruhl. I'm so glad you took those names. <laughs> Isabel is a geneticist recovering from a toxic marriage and is raising her only daughter, Zoe, in conjunction with her ex-husband. Zoe means everything to her mother, but when tragedy strikes the fractured family, Isabel takes matters into her own hands. This is a feel-good, make-you-feel-happy, laugh-a-minute riot comedy. No, it's not. This is depressing. This is dark. I'm not going to see this movie. There's too much of this stuff going on in real life right now, Johnny. I don't need to escape into a movie about it. There's definitely a lot going on in real life and positive Tom and Jerry movies is what we need to see. <laughs> That's right. Go see a mouse and a cat hit each other with mallets before you go to this one. Sounds no. No, but honestly, some people are going to think this movie's great. It's just, I don't need that heavy of a movie right now. I don't. No, and I'm sure it is going to be a great film and probably one we'll be talking about possibly around award time, but I think I'm going to skip this one as well. Tell us about Companions. So Companions, The Heart of Africa 2. It's a PG drama and it's the sequel to The Heart of Africa, which was released in March of 2020. Jason Martin arrives in the Democratic Republic of Congo, assigned to work with young Congolese man, Gabriel, and I'm not even going to try the last name. That's no, a tough one. I couldn't do that one, yeah. To build, hold on a second. He's basically meeting up with him to build. They struggle to understand <laughs> each other and overcome prejudices, betrayals, events in their past as they work together to become true companions 
Elder Martin opens his heart to a beautiful nation and people on the brink of magnificent possibilities. This is about a couple Mormon missionaries going back to the land that they came to learn and love and, and enjoy and, and love the people, and they go back and help them further. This is a this is a specifically targeted audience that this movie is for. Uh, yep. If you need a family night that's not reading scriptures at home, maybe this is your go at Megaplex Theaters. I'm sure I'll catch this at some point. I don't know that I, that I personally am rushing out to see it in theaters, but I know there's a lot of people in our audience that will be interested in seeing The Heart of Africa, too. All right, uh, Wrong Turn, a rated R horror. Horror. Your favorite. Thriller. A reboot and the seventh installment. What? Of the Wrong Turn film series, friends hiking the Appalachian Trail are confronted by The Foundation, a community of people who have lived in the mountains for hundreds of years. All I need to tell you about this, Johnny, it's a horror, it's a thriller, and it's the seventh in a series of a franchise I've never, ever heard of. That makes I've never (laughs) heard of this either. I was about to say, the reboot of the seventh installment, I didn't even know about the first six. A reboot of something, and this is already not for me because it's a horror thriller about mountain people in the Appalachians, but then you hear it's the seventh, and it's like, okay, no thank you. Is there, I'd rather watch film slides of Gordon's latest Hawaiian vacation before I watch this movie. Oh, that's, you know what's funny? It's just called Wrong Turn, not like Wrong Turn Part 7, because (laughs) it's a reboot of the seventh installment. I just imagine the, the GPS uh, taking over and hunting everybody and you can never get where you're going because the directions are constantly trying to throw you off a cliff. That's what this sounds like to me. Wrong turn, wrong turn, wrong turn. Ba 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 ba. Wrong movie for me. Tell us about Night of the Kings. Night of the Kings. This is a rated R drama fantasy and a Sundance film selection. Okay. Which, uh, I always kind of love those Sundance movies. A young man is sent to La Maka. <laughs> I love these things. I can never pronounce them. A prisoner of the Ivory Coast in the middle. It's ruled by its prisoners. See, I don't have all the the, the text here, man. What's going on? Oh, like it says, uh, it's so he's sent to a prison in the of the Ivory Coast in the middle of the forest, ruled by its prisoners. So the prisoners have taken over the prison. My notes are like cut off and I don't have everything. So you should finish this up. He says, uh, it says with the red moon rising, he is designated by the boss to be the new Roman and must tell a story to the other prisoners. Uh, Night of the Kings is making, is getting some great reviews from Sundance film reviewers. Uh, it's probably a little bit of an independent look to it with a small budget, but usually these days, small budget independent films look big time. I would assume that if it's being featured at Sundance, it's probably worth a, 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 a what's a, a filmophile, a, a cinephile's time to check out Night of the Kings. Yeah, and what a lot of people should know is not every movie at Sundance gets a quote unquote movie deal and gets released. Right. Top notch great movies do and they can be artsy and still get a release so the fact that this has a release speaks highly to me and then finally opening this week the vigil a pg-13 horror mystery thriller a man provide an overnight watch to a deceased member of his former orthodox jewish community finds himself opposite a malevolent entity in writer director keith thomas's electrifying feature debut (gasps) pass (laughs) you just don't like the horror 
this movie. Is, this movie's been done a hundred times. Where where a priest goes up against an evil spirit and tries to save everything. Come on. You need an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Seven new movies at Megaplex Theaters. One for the family. If you got young kids that are, you know, between the age of seven and 13, they might like Tom and Jerry. If you're into music documentaries, one about Billie Eilish and her career, everything else, I don't think I'm going to go see this week. Sorry. It's okay. You're, you're being honest, like we talked about earlier. Coming up on the other side, we'll take our first break here, but when we come back, we'll get into soundtrack of the week. Uh, someone I've never heard of. Johnny selected a composer that I've never heard of. I'm interested to see if I know of some of their movies that they've worked on. Uh, we'll also... I'm sorry, Sagan. You are going to be surprised with this. Am I? We'll get to our poll question responses, your favorite and least favorite space movies, and an actor profile. It's all coming up in segment two of The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to segment two of The Movie Zone. Johnny Lightfoot here with Austin Horton. Now, Austin... This is a little different, right, for soundtrack? What are we listening to? I know. It's kind of different. It's 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 like an orchestra hoedown. You know what I mean? We are listening to Alexander Courage's Seven Brides from Seven Brothers. Oh. Amazing dance. I see. I love that movie. I love that show. It's even better in person, like in the theater, like oh, at a, as a musical. But It's such a great thing. Now, let me tell you a little bit about – no, what, let me rephrase this. Not only do we always do bands, but every once in a while, I think we need to throw in composers and orchestrators of movies because that plays a big, big part in the movie. Would oh, you yeah. agree? Absolutely. I, that's, I think that it's cool when we have mainstream artists that also find themselves on the soundtrack of a movie, but the composers, they really bring a movie together. It can make or break a movie. The, the, the composer and orchestrator's job is to move the movie along through music, make you feel scared in a horror movie, make you feel excited when the hero is taking down the bad guy and winning. That's their job. And sometimes, and most, I should say most of the time, that music is overlooked. But Alexander Courage Jr. was an American orchestrator. Now, let me, ref let me tell you about an, or an uh, orchestrator as opposed to a composer. Okay. Orchestrator is someone who prepares music for an orchestra to perform. For example, an orchestra, an orchestrator will take the composer's themes and expand those themes into full orchestral pieces. Often the music given to the orchestrator is originally written for piano or guitar. So he will take that music and make it into the gigantic orchestra that you hear. And a lot of times composers will just come up with a theme like the Simpsons theme that we all know. Right. Yes. That's that's all that Danny Elfman wrote, and then he gives it to an orchestrator to put everything else around it. Oh, okay, yeah, that's I see the difference now. See why that's pretty important. It's overlooked. Like everyone hears John Williams wrote this beautiful theme for Star Wars, but an orchestrator actually took and put all the other instruments around it because John Williams is a piano player, you know, and a conductor. So someone like Alexander would take that theme and build the orchestra around it. Do you have other, some other shows or movies he's been a part of? I do. So he began his career as an orchestrator and arranger at MGM Studios and included work on 1951's Showboat, 1957's Hot Rod Rumble, Gigi, and, of course, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. 
He frequently served as an orchestrator on films scored by John Williams, <laughs> which include Poseidon Adventure, Superman, and Jurassic Park. He also worked with Jerry Goldsmith, who did Rudy. Know that movie? Yeah. Mulan, The Mummy. Mm. Wow. So uh, he's won an Emmy Award for his music direction on the special Julie Andrews, The Sound of Christmas in the 1990s. Okay. All right. Uh, He's done a lot of stuff, and it's just kind of not all that well-known. You have probably heard his music more than you know. Well, he's our soundtrack of the week, and he's our lesson in music and movie history as well. Alex Courage. Johnny, it's... One, oh, sorry, go uh, ahead. One reason I picked him. Okay. That reason is because he is the composer for the theme of the original Star Trek series, the TV show. Wow. You saved the yeah. best for last, his best known. Yep, is best known. We all know that theme with William Shatner. That might have he- to be uh, the song we use in segment three. We'll sure. have to get that one on there. All right, uh, it's time for our poll question responses this week. Our poll question was play is playing off of our Movie Zone Movie Showdown. Johnny asked you, which is a better movie, Spaceballs or Galaxy Quest? I then parlayed that into tell us what your favorite and least favorite space movies are and why. Mm-hmm. want to start with Scotty G's response. He said, Event Horizon, it's a great family movie you and your kids will enjoy. I took that as a direct troll job. Oh, that's a total troll job. It's rated R, so it's not a family movie, and it's horrendously bad. Yes. But he said, and I said, someday you'll take this seriously. And he said, no, he was being sincere. He thinks it is a good movie. So. fun movie but it's not a good movie it's definitely not for the kids uh also uh we had joseph say movie i'm most likely to stop and watch anytime galaxy quest Spaceballs also deserves a mention i don't know if joseph saw our movies on movie showdown but i like how he said deserves a mention he favors Galaxy Quest. Yes. Uh, we had a response here from Mike, Ute Shasta trailer. I'm still standing on J- with Johnny on this one, leaving the two obvious ones out, which I did say bonus points for leaving out givens like Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh, so he's leaving those out. He says Galaxy Quest is still a great space movie. A toss-up if Arrival was a space movie or just an alien movie. Unfortunately, I was dragged to Pluto Nash. Its suck factor was through the roof. I've never heard of Pluto Nash. So. Oh, I, I have. Yeah, he's he's absolutely right. Lance says his favorite space movie is Sunshine, scary and scientific. He also likes Alien, Aliens, Chronicles of Riddick. His least favorite, Star Trek Into Darkness, waste of a franchise, rewrite the whole timeline only to make Wrath of Khan, and it was boring, says Lance. Star Trek Four: The Search for More Money. <laughs> ben Coombs says Galaxy Quest is amazing. I will also throw in Mystery Science Theater 3000. Wow. As pure comedic gold and Apollo 13 because it's a freaking true story and it gives me the feels. I like it. I like it. Alex Lundberg, our guy, says his favorite is Starship Troopers. His least favorite is Oblivion. I've never seen Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers is a movie that tanked tanked big time in the theater but became a cult classic is that matt leblanc right joey from friends oh Oh, no no it's got the buddies in it and uh then they they even talk about the mormons in that movie the mormons i'm one of them tay taylor says cowboys and aliens is up there for sure one of the best Mm -hmm. i'd agree with that dc says guardians of the galaxy is good total recall is terrible 
Now, again, which one are we talking about? There was a reboot and the original. Yeah, is this the Colin Farrell Total Recall or Schwarzenegger? I'll be back. Papa Dave says least favorite is Disney The Black Hole. Wow, okay. Uh, Best Enemy Mine and The Last Starfighter. I don't know if he's saying those are all his least favorite or, or what. Have you seen The Black Hole? No, I never have. I really enjoyed that movie as a kid because it was cool in space and the Star Wars thing had come out. And so Disney before owning Star Wars went that way Hmm. and I loved it, but I recently, recently tried to show it to my son on Disney plus and I couldn't make it past 30 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Nick says sunshine for sure is one of my favorites. A lot of people hated the ending, but I enjoyed it. Moon is right there with it. Sam Rockwell did such an incredible job and passengers is so horrible it would have been better as a horror film johnny this is one of my big time dilemma movies because i loved passengers and really nobody including the people that made it loved passengers (laughs) i gotta be honest i didn't see it yeah and i blocked it out i don't know if it just spoke to a, a different time in my life that, uh, and it kind of gave me closure of a moment in my life. I don't know, but I thought it was great. Uh, Lee says, Galaxy Quest, so funny. Mm-hmm. Braden says, mine is Star Wars, but a great dark horse is Sunshine. I'm going to have to see Sunshine, it sounds like. Yes, you might. Megan uh, sends in a gif of Never Give Up, Never Surrender from Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also says Apollo 13, because what if they don't make it? It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Ryan, Ryan is the first of many that say the best space movie ever is one of my least favorite movies of all time. Oh, is this, is this, I think I know what you're going to say, but is this Interstellar? That's the one. Ryan says Interstellar is his best. Close second, though, is The Martian. And one of the big reasons I wanted to do this as the poll question this week is I have become engrossed and captivated by this Mars expedition that we're on right now as as a planet. And the, you, the pictures of Jupiter, have yeah. you seen the pictures of, of Jupiter? Yeah. It, it, it can't be real. It looks like a painting. It's amazing. I, I, love, I love space stuff, and especially I love all this Mars stuff. However, I think people of Utah aren't that excited because it looks like Moab. <laughs> it does. It looks just like everything we've ever vacationed uh, to. Yeah. And I know that it's not Moab is because of that Jupiter, which could have been photoshopped in. But if you look at the stars, the stars are completely different. Yeah, yeah, sky. yeah. Well, uh, because of that whole thing, I've been watching The Martian. I've watched it twice this week already with Matt Damon. He is the best potato farmer on Mars. Uh, and frankly, that's my answer for best space movie because it's realistic, but it's still futuristic, but it's not sci-fi. So my, my answer is The Martian. I, I go, I kind of lean towards Men in Black. Okay. I really those. Uh, the first one, let me clarify. Is that a space one. movie or an Aliens movie? An Alien movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an Alien movie. I, ooh. I'm going to swing back to it, but I'm going with Galaxy Quest. I can't, I cannot not go with that. And Spaceballs and Aliens. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We've got a few more uh, answers here. Lyle says Rocket Man. I think he means the one with Harlan Williams. Not the Elton John Not the Elton John one, yeah. So there you go. Thanks for playing along with our poll question of the week. Let's do a quick This Is Your Life, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Striking up that orchestra. This Is Your Life, Tim Allen. We're choosing Tim Allen because of Galaxy Quest. Johnny, what can you tell me other than the fact that he went to prison for felony drug trafficking about Tim Allen? 
So born June 13th, 1953 in Denver, Colorado. I didn't expect that. Huh. And as you mentioned, he was arrested in 1979 for trafficking cocaine. Oh, Timmy. He served two years and four months in a federal prison in Minnesota. From there, he was put on parole, and he is quoted by saying, to be perfectly frank, I'm going on 21 years sober. That's the biggest blessing in my life. Wow. Good for him. Now, he is forever known as Tim the Toolman Taylor from the TV series Home Improvement, which aired from 1991 to 1999, the entire decade. Wow. And currently, the series Last Man Standing. He will always be known for TV work. But here's some great movies, Austin, that he had some stuff to do with. Wild Hogs with John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, and William H. Macy. The Santa Claus, Galaxy Quest. Let's don't forget the Toy Story series. Sure. A Big Trouble, which was with uh, Rene Russo and last week's actor profile, Stanley Tucci. Mm-hmm. And Jungle to Jungle. That's just to name a few. I love Jungle to Jungle. It's a fun movie. Yeah. He's a Golden Globe winner in 1995 for, for best performance by an actor in a TV series, which is, of course, Home Improvement. He is a Saturn Award winner in 2000 for best actor in Galaxy Quest. Mm. People Choice winner from 1992 to 1999, favorite male TV performer, Home Improvement. And of course, we mentioned just a minute ago, don't forget about him playing Buzz Lightyear in Disney's Toy Toy Story series. And just the first Toy Story grossed $191.8 million in the U.S. and $373 million worldwide. Wow. A movie star. So, Tim Allen, this is your life. Uh, and you know what? Everyone's got stuff in their past. And he paid his debt to society and shouldn't hold that against him. You could hold some of his comedy against him for being misogynistic, sexist, and the other. But then again, someone might say, it's comedy. It's art. It's objective. Well, I, I have a lot of pressure. Or subjective, excuse me. He obviously hit rock bottom going to jail for drug trafficking. But look how he turned his life around. Yep. Absolutely. So there you go, Tim Allen. This is your life. Coming up next, we'll wrap up this week's edition of The Movie Zone with some little-known and unknown facts about uh, one of uh, my favorite movies. Galaxy Quest. We'll get to that and more uh, on the other side as we wrap up this week's edition of The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Wrapping up this week's edition of the Movie Zone. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. You're listening to our soundtrack of the week is a a, a featured orchestrator named Alan Courage. Mm -hmm. Alex Courage. Excuse me. Alexander. Alexander Courage. This is the theme song he wrote for Star Trek, of course. Just a quick little fact. Did you know that Gene, uh, Gene Roddenberry, who basically came up with the Star Trek series, wrote lyrics to this, but they were never released? How did they go? Sing them for us. I do not know. I don't believe you. I know how the Star Wars lyrics go. Oh, yeah? Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. No? <laughs> that is not Star Wars. <laughs> Was that the Flintstones? <laughs> but it's also, if you think about it, it's, never mind. It was, I got it. it. I got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, let's wrap up this week uh, with some little known and unknown facts about 1999's Galaxy Quest. Johnny, tell us about it. Galaxy Quest, <laughs> released on Christmas Day on 19, in 1999, starring Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, 
Alan Rickman, Sam Rockwell. It's an all-star. Justin cast. Long. Yeah. In fact, that was his uh, cinematic debut, by the way. Really? A, he was yeah. just a commercial actor before that? Has a runtime of 102 minutes, has a rating of PG, a budget of 45 million, and worldwide gross, 90.6 million. So it doubled. Doubled. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 90% with critics and fans 79%. Yeah, explain that one to me, by the way. I saw that earlier today, too, and I was like, how is it so far apart between critics and audience? I, I don't know. Yeah, and weird. I'm actually surprised that the critics like it more than fans. That's very rare. Well, just a quick synopsis. The alumni cast of a space opera television series, Star Trek, let's be honest, <laughs> have to play their roles as the real thing when an alien race needs their help. However, they, are, they also have to defend both Earth and the alien race from a reptilian warlord. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, Tony Shalhoub is in this. Forgot yeah, to mention yeah. him. Dwight from The Office, Rain Wilson. This is yes. his movie debut as well. He has a very small part, but he's in it. Uh, uh, what's the guy, the dad from Veronica Mars? Uh, yeah. Eric, what's his name? Gal, uh, Enrico Colantoni. He's in this as well. Daryl Mitchell is in this. Anyway, keep going. It's huge. It's huge. Well, you remember the scene where Tim Allen is in a men's room overhearing how the cast of Galaxy Quest are nobodies and all and all the co-stars can't stand him anymore? Yeah. Remember? Well, that's an actual event that happened to William Shatner. He discovered <laughs> the exact same things about himself when he attended a 1986 convention. Well, they were right then and they're right now. <laughs> Tim Allen admitted that he was quite starstruck when he met Sigourney Weaver, as he's been a huge fan of Alien from 1979. Tim even got Weaver to sign some of his Alien memorabilia between takes. Wow. She did uh, write on it. However, she wrote, stolen by Tim Allen. Love, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Which she says made him very upset. Oh, why? Have a sense of humor, Timmy. Right. Yeah. This film was one of the earliest films to have its own internet domain and website, galaxyquest.com, which, by the way, is available. Just so you know, you, you can, can make it, that right? yours now. Call Elite Works. Call them up. They'll they'll hook you up with that. However, rather than being a polished part of the film's marketing campaign, the site, in keeping with the film's fandom, was uh, deliberately designed to look like a fan made it. Okay. All right. So the NSEA protector. That's the ship they flew in. Mm -hmm. Its serial number is NTE-3120. The NTE stands for not the Enterprise. <laughs> and and but I can't believe we haven't mentioned this. Tim Allen's character's name, Nesbitt. Yeah, right. And that's the, the, the thing from Toy Story, having tea with Mrs. Nesbitt. Anyway. Right. And I should uh, I should mention this as well. If you look at uh, where, where I've got to find the actual thing. If you look at Toy Story, when Woody is trapped underneath a crate. Yes. Above that crate is a Binford tools toolbox. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for his uh, Tim, the tool man. Stuff. Yep, absolutely. I now, love uh, Galaxy Quest. Sigourney Weaver said that whenever she put on the blonde wig, apparently she, she doesn't like blondes, to become Gwen, she said, I could feel my IQ drop. Okay, stereotyping much. Right? Right? Sigourney. Now, uh, one, one last fact here is the weapons used by 
Saurus boarding party are quite similar to those used by Zorg's fighters on the set of The Fifth Element, another one of my favorite films, Mm -hmm. which was filmed two years earlier than this. And it's not uncommon for some props in all types of films to be sold off or rented to other productions. You can save money that way. Do you think it was the actual ones? I think they probably bought them and modified them slightly to look a little different. Repurposed them? Yeah, for sure. One more thing is this was originally supposed to be directed by Harold Ramis. Okay. He wanted to cast Alec Baldwin in the lead role, which turned down. Steve Martin and Kevin Klein were also considered. However, Kevin Klein turned it down for family reasons. And when Tim Allen was cast, Harold Ramis left the project. (laughs) Okay, Harold. There's some bad blood right there. Johnny, thanks for another great show this week, buddy. Absolutely, buddy. Good job. And may the force be with you. Never surrender, never give up. (laughs) He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Commander Austin Horton here on the Good Ship Movie Zone. We'll be back in one week's time here on the Zone Sports Network.